Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spotter Stand YouTube channel and the Below the Align podcast. What a race. What a race. Talladega never disappoints. And the thing that I loved about this race is that it still gave us a photo finish. It, it still gave us a big crash, but it did it with only three total cautions. If you don't count the caution coming out uh, in the last you know, 100 feet um, of the finish line there. Uh, you had the incident with Chastain and Bush. You had the incident with Gibbs um, and Dylan. And then you had the the natural caution for stage two, um, or the, the stage two caution. The stage one caution was essentially the caution for Chastain and Bush. And then, of course, Ryan Blaney versus Kevin Harvick to the line. Blaney, it's, it's the third Talladega race, guys, that Ryan Blaney has won by just a foot, it seemed like. This time, it was a full hundredth of a second, which is just a gigantic margin of victory for Ryan Blaney at Talladega. Um, but the guy just gets super speedway racing. Like, I, I don't know what it is, especially Dega. He has not yet won at Daytona. He's been very close to the Daytona 500. I think he's won a duel and he hasn't yet won at Atlanta, but Talladega is always one of his best tracks. And we always say with Blaney in the playoffs, if he can get past the round of 16, if he can get past that first round, the round of 12 sets up great for him. The Roval, where he's won it before, but really that race that we're always looking at is Talladega. And yes, anybody can win there. But more often than not recently, it's been Ryan Blaney that's been doing the winning there. So the guy, he's not a championship four favorite. I'll still say that it's Truex, Byron, Larson, Hamlin, but the points did get shaken up massively. And, and yes, this win does indeed uh, guarantee Ryan Blaney a spot in the round of eight. He is 100% for sure going to the round of eight now. Um, he and Byron locked in. They don't have to worry about a thing at the Roval. They're just trying to go out, win the race, and get more playoff points going into the round of eight. Uh, the Roval is going to be wild next week, but this race was as well. And in terms of recapping the race, there's not much to talk about because while it was a great race, it was just, you know, you guys saw it, right? I mean, you saw the three wide action, a lot of great action. Late, it was Almarola versus Bowman, and then Harvick got into it, Byron, Elliott, Larson. Uh, before that, that last green flag run, before the caution for Dylan and Gibbs, um, which is the only time that we didn't have green flag pit stops today during one of those runs. Um, it was Bubba Wallace up at the front working with Denny Hamlin, who was a lap down. He was a lap down for a good part of this race after a speeding penalty. He ends up fourth. And going to the Roval, guys, he is plus 50. Not locked in mathematically yet, but virtually locked in to the round of eight. Denny Hamlin, put your hands together for him because he had a heck of a performance today. Uh, in that number 11 car, overcoming. Christopher Bell is going to lead plus 22 on the cut line, even though he had damage early. Um, Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain aren't so fortunate. Kyle Busch, our winner at uh, Talladega in the spring, leaves minus 26, basically in a must-win going to the Roval. Chastain leaves minus 9, but it could have been a lot worse. He was involved in a wreck when Ricky Stenhouse, early in the race, ran out of gas. Stenhouse put his hand out the window. They didn't see it, or Kyle Busch didn't see it. Bush has to go down, hits Chastain, Chastain hard into the outside retaining wall, and ruined his day. So uh, Brad Keselowski was involved in that crash with Ty Gibbs and Austin Dillon and Carson Hosevar, where it looked like Brad kind of caused the crash, which he's done a lot on super speedways with the next-gen car. 
Um, but he was involved in that crash. He's still going to lead plus two, though. Um, Bubba Wallace ends up 24th. Tyler Reddick, 17th. Um, disappointing day for Bubba. No stage points. He leaves uh, Dega minus nine going to a road course. It's going to be a tough weekend for him next week. Reddick is minus two, but he's good at road courses. Um, Kyle Larson is only plus 15. Anything can happen, but he, for the most part, I would say today, averted crisis. Um, Martin Truex, his best finish of the playoffs is still 17th. He has no top 15s in the last six, going back to Daytona, 19th, and now only plus 17. Anything can happen, and he could be out. Chris Busher is now only plus 19. All these guys lost points today. Like I'm not sure there was a single guy aside from Hamlin, that gained on the cut line today. Bell might have been neutral, but I, I don't think anybody gained on the cut line today aside from Hamlin. Um, because for the most part, like the race-winning contenders, there weren't many playoff guys aside from Blaney. I mean, Denny got up there. Byron finishes third. That doesn't do much for him. Um, you know, he gets some some stage points and a good finish momentum, but really a win or a, a stage win would, would be the only things that really affect him since he was already locked in after Texas. Uh, but before we talk playoffs and points, uh, first of all, 70 lead changes with 24 leaders. Th that That's incredible. 70 lead changes is incredible. Um, Kevin Harvick versus Ryan Blaney. Let's set the scene. Kevin Harvick on the inside lane, Blaney on the outside lane, one car length back as they go into turn three on the final lap. Kevin Harvick sees Blaney coming with the run. Kevin Harvick goes up. Harvick has always been a decent super speedway racer. He's won at Talladega, I think, twice. Um, he's won a Daytona 500. Um, but with Stuart Haas, he's never really been great. Like, he, he's had some chances to win super speedway races, but I don't think he has won, won one yet with Stuart Haas. It's never really been his thing. Um, today, though, and it means even more because... You know, every win that he gets or every possible win could be his last one. Like he has four races left in his cup career. Now, would I be shocked if he came back and ran a one-off? No, but in his full-time career that we know of, he has four races left now, five coming into today, right? So, and this was his chance because let's face it, Stuart Haas hasn't shown speed anywhere like all season. It's just been lackluster, but, um, you know, maybe you say Phoenix, but the championship drivers always dominate that. So Dega, a track where anybody can win, seemed to be Kevin Harvick's best shot. So he did a great job getting into position. That's all you can ask for in super speed racing, in modern NASCAR super speedway racing, is to have a shot at the win. And, you know, I said this with Bowman, not on the show, but, but watching the race, I said Bowman choked. And I think Bowman did. He got into the middle, and Alex Bowman goes from possibly winning to finishing 29th last car on the lead lap. He had a golden opportunity. Eric Gamarola had a golden opportunity. He ends up 18th. I mean, this could be his final season, and he's had a horrendous year this year, has Gamarola. But for Harvick, it just hurts so much worse because the retirement is final. Like, it's going to happen. And to see him be so close to a victory, see him be so close to a win, one one hundredth of a second could be what stands between Kevin Harvick and 62 career victories rather than 61. It, he's going to be a Hall of Famer either way. He's going to be remembered as a great driver either way. 
But that final victory could have been today and not 2022 Richmond. So, um, yeah. Ryan Blaney just continues, like I said earlier, to be the dominant force at Super Speedways. Three wins now at Talladega, all by the skin of his teeth. 2019 against Ryan Newman. 2020 versus Ricky Stenhouse. 2023 versus Kevin Harvick. Um, he's going to get a Daytona 500 one day. He's been so close. 2020, 2022, and I believe this year he was pretty close, too, to winning the Daytona 500. Um, the guy just gets Super Speedway racing. Um, He's always a good bet. And his teammates usually are too. Now, Cindric, we saw him up front today when, when we really haven't heard a peep from him all year. Joey Logano led a lot of laps today. He's out of the playoffs. Um, and I picked Chris Busher to win this race just because Busher has been the guy recently at every track. But he won the last Super Speedway race at Daytona. Busher ends up 20th in this race. Kozlowski kind of wrecked Hosevar and took himself out of contention. And and Blaney just kind of showed up at the end. Now, he had run good today. He collected stage points, but he wasn't leading a ton of laps. He wasn't doing anything flashy. He, he just he wasn't doing anything flashy. He just he was minding his own business. Um, and he ends up winning the race simply because he made the right move. Like, I, I don't know how many laps he led today. It couldn't have been more than 10. Um, but Ryan Blaney just made the right move at the right time. And Kevin Harvick made the wrong move at the wrong time. And that's the thing with modern super speedway racing and NASCAR. We've known it hasn't been like the 80s for a long time. But 2014, 2015, you had to make the move with two laps to go. Uh, you know, then we got to that 2016 to 2020 part where you can make the move with, you know, a, a foot left in the race. And now it's kind of back to that middle ground, right? But Blaney just made a well-timed move and he had the help. And and that's another thing too. Like the person I was watching the race with, he's like, "Oh, Harvick's gonna get a push." Riley Herbst isn't a a good enough driver, and that's no knock on him. He ran great today, got wrecked at the end, but still turns in a top ten. He was great today, but um, you know, Herbst just wasn't fast enough, right, to to be able to get up to the back bumper of Harvick, and Harvick still pedaled that thing, and he made it close. But Byron. More speed, more horsepower, better driver, better car. Blaney had to help. And I think Blaney knew that, too. I think Blaney knew if he stayed in the outside with Herbst, he likely wasn't going to win because Harvick has William Byron pushing him. And then also Blaney knew, okay, I'm going to have Hamlin and maybe these guys in the outside lane come up and try to pass me, too. And then I don't want to wreck myself because I'm in a good position points-wise for the playoffs. You know, I'm gaining points here. I don't know where he was before that, but he was likely very close to the cut line, maybe even above the cut line. So Blaney made a good move, but it wasn't that risky, right? Like, it really wasn't. The risk in this move um, wasn't all there. Now, he could have gotten shuffled back, but the middle lane would have picked him up. He likely still would have finished top 10, top 15 at the worst. Um, but that just goes to show, you know, how good of a super speedway racer he is. And I, I get so sick and tired of hearing people say that super speedway racing requires no talent. The skills that are required for super speedway racing are different for sure than the skills that are required for short track racing, road course racing, intermediate track racing, um, you know, whatever, you know, other type of, of racing we're speaking of. But you certainly need a, a huge amount of skill to win any sort of auto race especially a nascar cup series super speedway race and that's why we always see you know 
Bubba Wallace, I know he got shuffled back, but that's why I always see Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin at the front of the field in these things. Um, that's why, you know, people wonder why Eric Camarola only seems to show up for these races. It's what he's good at. Like, it's his craft. And yeah, the draft is the great equalizer, but the draft doesn't automatically guarantee you better blocking skills or a better brain to know when to make a move, right? Like the draft doesn't equalize talent. The draft equalizes speed. And, you know, this, the sooner that, you know, the fans realize that this is the better because, you know, if you think that super speed racing requires little to no skill, and if you think all these are Mickey Mouse, you know, whatever the terminology you want to use is, you're, you're wrong. I mean, super speed racing is possibly, um, it's the most daring you have to be as a driver because that risk versus reward factor was there. And you're like, what do you mean? You just said Blaney's move wasn't risky. Yeah, because his move was calculated. His move was a move. Um, it's one of the lowest risk moves you can make to win a Talladega race. That, that's how it seemed to me anyway, right? Waiting for Harvick to come up. He, that, that's literally all Blaney did there. And maybe I can rewatch it again. And I might put a clip in the video so y'all can see it. But Blaney just waited for Harvick to come up. He waited till he was clear on the bottom and he just rolled down there in front of the bottom lane. Like it wasn't crazy risky. He wasn't like Joey Logano or, you know, any of these other guys throwing crazy blocks when he had no business doing so. He threw a calculated block. He threw a good block and and ended up winning in the race. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to be too harsh on Harvick here because, yeah, heat of the moment, I get it. But um, in hindsight, he sh should have stayed with the inside lane. Like, do you really, like, no offense to Riley Herbst again, he had a great run, but do you really think Riley Herbst is going to push Ryan Blaney to the win? Do you feel more confident with Riley Herbst behind you? Or William Byron? And maybe Harvick thought Blaney would push him. Maybe that Ford Alliance, maybe he thought that Ford Alliance would come into play. I don't know. Like, I started recording this right after I didn't hear an interview with Harvick or Blaney. I didn't hear their thought process behind it. But that's just what I'm thinking, maybe, that Harvick thought. I don't know. Um... I'm I'm just trying to you know think of, think of all sides here. I'm just trying to think of of what could have been going through these guys' minds. So that that's just what I think on that. But um, yeah, great race, great finish. We'll go through the results and then the points. Blaney gets the win, win number two on the year, his first since May. Kevin Harvick, so close. P two. William Byron third. Denny Hamlin fourth. Corey Lejoy in fifth. It's been a banner year for that team, and it just gets better. I think this is Austin Cendrick's first top 10 of the year, P6, Haley, P7, Elliot, P8. Looked like Elliot could have won this race. He was my dark horse in the blog, but just couldn't get it done. Ryan Priest, a.k.a. Ricky Bobby with the Wonder Bread scheme on him this weekend. P9, Herbst in 10th, Suarez 11th, Chandler Smith, great day in 12th. Todd Gillen, 13th, and then Chase Briscoe, 14th in the Old Spice car, playing Cal Naughton Jr. Christopher Bell had some damage. He ends up in 15th. Kyle Larson, 16th. Tyler Reddick, 17th. Eric Amarola, 18th. Martin Truex, 19th. Chris Buescher in 20th. I picked him to win. He had a great car and then just got shuffled back, unfortunately. Almondinger, 21st. McDowell, 22nd. Sinhouse, 23rd. He ran out of gas earlier in this race. I'm not sure how you do that, but they must just... Not have gotten it full, and he was kind of the instigator of that Bush Chastain incident. Bubba 24th, Logano 25th. I thought Logano could have stolen this one. Kyle Bush 26th, Eric Jones 27th. It doesn't reflect in the result, guys, but I really think that 
uh, Eric Jones this year has been a top 10 driver in the sport since mid-July. Like he's still 27th in the points, but he was around 29th, 30th. Um, he's having a lot of great runs and speed every weekend. It seems like Ty Dillon, 28th Bowman, 29th, the last car on the lead lap, BJ McLeod, 30th, first car lap down, Brennan Poole, 31st, Harrison Burton had some sort of an issue, 32nd, Brad Keselowski, 33rd, Austin Dillon, 34th, Ty Gibbs, 35th, Carson Hosevar, 36th, all those guys in that wreck and. Josevar was very gracious to Brad. But I still think Brad started that man. I you just you can't push in the trioval like that. Brad should know better. Um, Yaley thirty seventh, and then Ross Chastain thirty eighth in last. Tough break for him. Let's look at those points. Let's see where these guys stack up in the points after Talladega and going to the Roval. Byron. Blaney, those guys locked in. They're feeling great. Bell is plus 22. Blaney plus 21. Busher, uh, sorry, Blaney's locked in. I'm that, uh, Blaney and Byron locked in, sorry. Hamlin is plus 50. Bell plus 22. Busher plus 19. Truex plus 17. Larson plus 15. Keselowski, last man in, plus 2. The Roval is not as crazy as Talladega, but do not let that fool you. It's still going to be wild. Reddick first man out, minus two. And I give advantage to Reddick here. Going to a road course. Bubba, minus nine. Watkins Glen won't cut it. Like, 13th won't cut it here. It'd be a good day for him on a road course, but he needs top 10 with stage points and maybe top five, depending on how his teammate runs. Chastain, minus nine as well. He hasn't been good on road courses this year, but he was last year. And then Kyle Busch, minus 26, basically in a must-win. Not mathematically, stuff can happen, but I kind of doubt that it does. That is a wrap on the Talladega Post Race Show. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Like, subscribe, comment, share. You can listen to the podcast here on the Spotter Stand YouTube page and on all major podcast platforms. Tomorrow, we'll have an interview out for you guys not gonna tell you who it is yet trying to keep these more under wraps got a few more coming this month um and then we're gonna talk the truck series beef between nick sanchez matt crafton later in the week xfinity and cup going to the charlotte roval we'll have you covered with pre and post race coverage all this week on the spotter stand youtube channel you can also read our post race today blog and pre-race charlotte roval blog later in the week just google blogspot backslash below the line to get there I'm Samuel Suds from the Spotter Stand and the Below the Yellow Line podcast. I will see you guys later. Goodbye.